Welcome to the Uplifting Podcast. On today's episode, we talk to Elaine Lou Cardis. Elaine is an assertive business coach, and on today's episode, she talks about all of the mindset hacks that you need to become a successful business owner. She's going to talk a lot about how fulfillment comes from discovering your natural gifts and powers and how to just not give a fuck about what other people think. You're going to learn how to be unapologetically yourself and how to build community and collaboration with other women. So let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Uplifting Podcast with your host, Randy and Catherine. This is a space for powerful women to share their story and to be real and raw about the truth of living your life's purpose. Any topic is fair game. We check gossip at the door so we can focus on building community and collaboration. This podcast will help you discover your individual power and give you the tools to live your most uplifted life. So let's find out what's uplifting you today. All right. So welcome to the Uplifting Podcast. Today we have Elaine Lou Cardis on with us today. And Elaine is an assertive business coach based out of Pasadena, California, but she works with boss babes all over the world to help them build their dream business and life. And her focus is on working with women of color, but she believes in elevating the voices of all women. And she's a public speaker. She just hosted her second live event, Color Your Dreams. And she's starting a monthly series as well. She's spoken internationally in Bali and in Sweden. She's a former grassroots organizer and nonprofit uh, fundraiser. And she's a first-generation American, which is so much about her why and why she is so passionate about serving women of color and her goal is to serve over a million women of color by 2020. So welcome Elaine. Welcome Elaine. Thank Thank you for making me sound so amazing. (laughs) You are amazing. So for those of you who don't know, um, Elaine is my business coach and I've been working with Elaine for six months. I don't know, but you're know, a long time telling it. I can brag about everything about Randy. Let, well, can I brag about, about you? Let's not talk about me. Um, so <laughs> we want you to tell us, let's just, let's just start by having you tell us a little bit about your story and how you became an assertive business coach. Um, so for those of you that can't see me, um, I am Asian. I'm Filipino. So I say that because I was a typical Asian, right? straight A's. I did what everyone told me to do. I'm also first generation. Both my parents came to the Philippines and, and I did all of that. Right. And when I got out of college, this was around the recession. It was hard to find a job. And the first job I found was in Iowa getting paid $500 a month. I know I was bawling that time as a grassroots organizer doing phone calls 12 hour days, seven days a week door knocking. So I knew how to communicate with other people before the whole social media thing got big. Um, and then someone said, Hey, you'd be a really great fundraiser. Okay. And then I became a fundraiser. Like you should travel around the country. So I did. I lived in Iowa, Indiana, Montana. And then I was, I had my own apartment in Hollywood at 26, which is I think a great thing to have when you're 26. (laughs) And I was really, I was working on a congressional raise and I realized I wasn't happy. And I was like, I'm going to ask for a raise. So that's what I did. I asked for 12K raise. Asked for the raise. And for anyone that's gone through it, I'm like, wow, that's not actually fulfilling me. Like, I'm happy I got the raise, but I don't care what money you're paying me, but I'm not happy. So I left my job, 
moved back in and moved out of my hall, my apartment in Hollywood, moved in with my parents and shared an apartment with my cousin. Now that was a humbling experience. Wow, and I had, yeah. no <laughs> it, it was very LA, right? Like, fuck this, I'm leaving. And then I move into my parents. Um, and mind you, I'm also really grateful because not everyone has that opportunity to move in with their parents. So I decided to network with people. And then I found a job working at a community college as a nonprofit fundraiser. And I asked for more, I asked for 26K more. So I ended up making 32K more in one year. So I changed careers. And I was at my dream job. In fact, I am sitting at my former boss's master bedroom. It is my office. I moved into her place. She moved out. We're really close to this day. But I, like I said, I listened to what everyone told me. And her and a lot of my mentors said, go get a master's. Typical Asian, right? Go back to school. <laughs> so I go back to school and I get my master's. And once again, same feeling. Got got my salary raise, got my master's. I'm not fulfilled. I'm not happy. And, and that's the biggest thing I think for all of us, right? All of us overachievers, we plan things. And the most important thing for success is be self-aware when you're not happy and change it. So I realized, fuck it. I've done what everyone's told me to do. I am not happy. I'm not fulfilled. I might have more money, but I'm not happy. I'm going to start my business. So that was June of last year. And I started off as a career coach, but then as Randy has seen, and a lot of people, my business exploded and everyone's like, what the fuck did you do? I want that. So in a span of 15 months, I now have over 70 clients. In fact, I was a little late to this podcast recording because I just got off the phone confirming someone who is going to be a speaker at my event who was endorsed by Oprah. Oh my God. Wow. I know. So I have, I, I'm going to use Oprah as an excuse. <laughs> it wasn't her, but... But this is like, this is the type of people I'm attracting into my business, which is amazing. Wow. What an incredible journey. Oh my God. Yeah. And basically I fucked up to get to, to where I'm at, but go ahead. Have, I didn't mean to cut you, you off. Have to. <laughs> I feel like you have to fuck up. So that makes sense. Um, you kind of touched a little bit on your struggles and it's funny that you talk about LA cause I kind of went through a similar LA experience of like going through the shit in LA and then kind of going back with my parents. So I feel ya. <laughs> But yeah. what do you think like the biggest struggles have been in your journey that have gotten you to where you are today? Um, it's the struggles end up being your mindset. Mm. And I know, and I'm not trying to be woo or spiritual, but, but it really is right. People get, people have fear, like fear of success, fear of failure, fear of judgment. And then they start saying things into their head like, Oh, but my friends won't agree with me. I'm like, you haven't even talked to them about it. And so what if they don't, right? And, and it's really having a strong mindset. And even though I'm at this level of success, like having a stronger mindset is even more important as I go into new levels into my business. Mm -hmm. So that's really the biggest struggle. I could tell you that people have talked shit about me. People haven't subscribed me, but really that's their issue, not mine. And so it's owning up to it and being aware that you need to change. You need to have a stronger mindset. So the biggest struggle is myself. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people can relate. It's the excuses we create for ourselves and not doing anything. But I just say, fuck it. And I do it anyways. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that's what's created all of this success for you, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So you touched on it a little bit earlier, but about how I want you to talk about it a little bit more, you know, how the money never really led to fulfillment and yes. 
to like do what everyone else was telling you to do and kind of trying to fit. I know, I believe like when we're raised so often, we're trying, we're trying to be fit in these boxes, right? Like sorted into these boxes and you know, you're Asian, so you're good at this, right? Or whatever it might be, like our families or our communities kind of tell us what we should be before we even have a chance to discover who we are. And you touched on how that never really brought you fulfillment. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and how you actually found fulfillment in your life? So how I found fulfillment, it's, this is what I teach my clients and you know, this it's actually starting to talk to people about it. Um, and starting to ask yourself really great questions and even ask people. So this is my recommendation to any of your listeners is, is asking, Hey, what, what do you see as a big strength for me? Because I'm pretty sure for anyone listening and for both of you, it's like, Oh, I didn't even realize I was really great at that. That's just natural to me. Right. Like people always come to me like, how do you do a breakup talk with my boss or do a breakup talk with my boyfriend right now? And that's just natural to me. It's like, you say, thank you. Okay, I'm going to teach you guys a script. So this is how you break up with a guy or your boss that you want to leave. You say, thank you for the past three months. While at the same time, I don't see feature here. And I wish you all the best. Yeah. Do you see what I did there? It's like saying thank you and then doing all that. So sorry, let's go back to the question. Let me make sure I answer <laughs> your question. How did I find fulfillment? Um, with your natural I, gifts, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anything that I'm interested in, I try. And you have to have an open mind with it. So going back to my college years, right, before even going to college, you know, senior year of high school is so stressful. Like, fuck, I have to choose my major. This is going to determine the rest of my life. Everyone that's listening to that is a college student or about to go to college. Um, that's complete shit. You don't figure out your life through one checkbox. Um, so at the time, I thought I wanted to be a therapist. So my first year in college, I got an internship to work with autistic kids and right away I knew I do not want to be a therapist. Mm -hmm. And that's the most important thing to find what you're filled in is try it and talk to people who are in it to see if it works for you and be mindful. Even though you may love this person or you actually see them as a role model, what they like is not going to be the same thing as you and to forgive yourself. I think that's the hugest thing is to forgive yourself that when you're going through something with a plan and it doesn't fulfill you to change it, to be brave enough to change it. And doesn't mean you failed. Actually, you've been successful because you tried it. Like a lot of people don't and you've done it. And that goes back into what you're saying about mindset. You know, everything is mindset, whether it's the struggles you're going through or, or being brave enough to take that chance and listen to yourself because listening to yourself can be kind of terrifying, honestly. Um, but kind of in that, Cause you're talking about like how you weren't feeling fulfilled. So what, what was like the catalyst for you starting your own business? Like what was like your, your end all be out? You're like, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to do me. I'm going to do it. It was when I graduated from my master's, I was like, I just spent $30,000. I paid it off. Like I paid it off really well. Um, and I got my master's cause people told me to do. I did my thesis. I like had a 4.0. I mean, everything that you could imagine. And when I graduated, I just didn't feel so happy. I'm like, what? And I just realized I've been doing what everyone told me to do. That was my catalyst was because I got my master's. Now, do I regret it? I absolutely do not regret it because if I didn't go through that experience, I wouldn't be where I'm at. 
And at my last event, I talked about that. I was like, how many of you are so grateful for the shitty experiences in your life? And it was all women at that event. So I was like, how many of you are grateful for your ex-boyfriends? And everyone raised their hand. <laughs> and so I compare like the whole ex-boyfriend metaphor to what fulfills you in life is that you have to fail in order to figure out what you want to do. And that includes dating the wrong person or being in the wrong career. And that's completely fine. Yeah. But like you said, so many people are held back because of fear, right? So what yeah. really helped you to move past that fear and get over that? And that I think a big fear for so many of us is that you even touched on it, Elaine, was that fear of judgment from others. Mm -hmm. So how did you move past that to really get to where you are now? A couple of things. One is I asked myself, what is the worst thing that could happen? Right? So this is not going to happen because I'm going to be like with Oprah one day, but um, what's the worst thing that could happen if my business doesn't work out? I'm going to end up moving back to my parents in her thirties. That's the worst thing that could happen. I don't think that's bad. Like, I think I'm actually really lucky that I have parents that would take me yeah. in. Now, would that be shitty to say I'm living with my parents? No, but that would be the worst. And to be honest, I'm very employable. Like, I know that I could just call up anyone and find a job. And so that's what I tell my clients. I'm like, what is the worst thing that could happen? Like, um, I lose my job. Um, the business will fail. I'm like, can you find a job? Yeah, then you're fine. Right? So that's one. And two that's the biggest thing is we're human social beings, right? We're not biological beings. We're social and we all want to be accepted. That's just the reality of it. And so a lot of people get scared. They're like, well, I'm going to lose all my friends. They're not going to, and that's complete shit. Like just know that with each new level, you're going to have to have a different type of support. So when people end up starting, and this is for all my clients, when they start going after their dreams, they're going to hear hurtful things from people they love, whether it's a family member or friends. There's a couple of things. One is it actually is some of them come from a place of love. I know that sounds really weird, but for example, I work with a lot of women who have partners. So when they're like, I want to invest in a business coach, I want to do my business. What? They go into like hunter gatherer mode where they just want to protect you. So I remind my clients, your partner just wants to protect you and wants to come from a place of love. And so you need to remind him that I love you and I'm doing this for our future. So that's one. And second, you're triggering people because they're not going after their own dreams. Yeah. So when they say hurtful things to you, it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with them not believing in you. It's just like, who the hell does she think she is? We grew up together. We had, we came from the same background. Um, I could do this too, but who does she think she is and has nothing to do with you. It's just that they have their own shit that they still have to go through. And so what I tell my clients is that doesn't mean you have to cut them off. It's creating boundaries. So you don't have to talk about your business and your dreams to them, right? Like, you know how there's certain friends you could talk about family problems. There's certain friends you could talk to about work problems, others about home problems, whatever it is. Keep that boundary. Just don't talk about your business and your dreams. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. <laughs> Do you think it's possible to have fulfilling relationships with other people when you keep it on, like, separated in those different mm -hmm. compartments? That's a good question. Um, I mean, there's friendships, like, or I don't know if you call it friendships, but, like, I have a relationship with my mailman, mm -hmm. you know? Like, hey, Bill, great seeing you. 
So it's just being mindful of it. But I will say, as I go more into my business, I pick and choose who I want to spend my time with. So uh, there's certain people where, you know what, I am willing and I'm, I'm in LA, so I'm joking around, but my friend who I haven't seen in three years, she was willing to drive three freeways to me. That's a huge deal in California. Okay? <laughs> and she was stuck in traffic. Now, would she be willing to do that with anyone? No. And I wouldn't be do, doing that with anyone. So I pick and choose. And like that quote is, your network is your net worth. I, and when you get to different levels, you end up attracting amazing people. And I'm not just saying clients and people you collaborate with, but even my friendships that I have, I'm like, God, I'm so lucky. Like I, I'm so lucky to be attracting such amazing humans coming into my life. Absolutely. Cause that's been my experience was like, you know, holding on to those relationships that I found were really, I wasn't able to be my full self and express my dreams and, you know, with, with people like that in my life, when I finally let go of those relationships, I was able to fill my life with, start attracting more people into my life who didn't suck me of that energy. And now, you know, and Elaine's taught me this is being really selective with who I give my energy to and who I choose to have in my circle. Because I think that at the end of the day, that really makes a difference when you're trying to pursue your dreams. Yeah. And I actually, I want to go touch more onto that. You know, people always talk about time management, right? How do you save your time? Actually, it's really energy management. Mm -hmm. Like how many of you have gotten a message from a friend, an old friend? It's like, Hey, do you want to hang out Friday night? We're getting together for drinks. They're like, uh, no, <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like you're, you're already energetically drained and not excited. You don't even want to like answer the message. <laughs> yeah. You don't even want to. And so energy management is so important. And if you acknowledge that you don't have to go, nor do you even have to explain. You're like, well, I have no excuse. I'm just going to really Netflix and chill on a Friday night. And I was like, you don't have to tell them that you could just say, no, I can't make it. Why? Like, why do you always have to tell everyone or apologize for not going actually you should apologize to yourself if you're betraying yourself you need to protect your energy mm-hmm. and i just want to be around and i this is a real, this is how i use my radar on who i want to spend time with and i suggest anyone to ask themselves this question but can i really hang out with this person sober and if you can't they're not a true friend <laughs> i'm serious because it's like, i don't want to spend eight dollars on a glass of wine because I know I need to have alcohol in my system and to enjoy my time with you. Like I want to be able to enjoy my time with you sober so I could save money and that could go into my business. <laughs> Absolutely. And going back to like what to say to people when you don't want to do something, something that's been super helpful for me is to say, Oh, I'm not available for that. Or I'm not yeah. available. Cause then you don't feel like you have to give a reason or you have to like give an excuse. Right. Cause I feel like as women, we feel like we have to explain ourselves and be like, oh, or, and a lot of times that's why we don't say no, right? We're like, well, maybe let me check my schedule instead of yeah. just being real be and just say like, no. I'm, I'm not available, you know? And do you realize, sorry, I'm going to touch this, sure, sure. like you're doing a disservice when you're not telling the other person that Absolutely. you're not going to make it. And, and honestly, everybody knows, you know, you've been to those parties where, you know, those people that don't want to come. Usually yeah. it's like a boyfriend of a friend. <laughs> like, why the fuck am I here? But like people just know when you don't want to be there. Yeah. So why are you going to make it painful to other people and just take yourself out of the equation? 
Absolutely. Yeah, I was just going to ask. So, I mean, we've already kind of touched on this, but just to ask very directly, like, why do you think then, especially women, like you're saying, why do we do this? Why do we accept these lesser than energies in our lives? Like, what, what is the motive behind that? I think it's society. I mean, I'm not blaming society. I think it's just how we grew up, right? Like, always put other people first, right? Mm. Like, Elaine, you should think of your family, or what are you doing to make sure your parents are going to retire early, <laughs> or your baby brother needs you. My baby mm. brother is in his, like, late 20s. He's not a baby. <laughs> or, do you know what I mean? And mind you, I would be there for all of them for a heartbeat, but we were trained, or society taught us to always put other people before us, right? Mm. Like, how many of you ladies are so, like, well, when are you going to get married? When are you going to have a child? I'm pretty sure your boyfriend's waiting for a child. Like, I'm like, what, about, what, what the fuck I want to do? Like, I want to build my business. Yeah. Randy, yes, I see you. Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> Am I like going like, amen? <laughs> I love it. Yes. Love it. So what, what struggles, because, you know, I kind of want to tie back to your mission of serving mm -hmm. women of color. Mm -hmm. What specific struggles do you see that women of mm -hmm. color specifically face in starting their business or, you know, cause we talked about like, business, you know, women's yeah, struggles, anything. but do you yeah. see specific struggles for women yeah. of color? Mm -hmm. So it goes back to what you were asking actually, in terms of why do women always put others first? Right. So as a woman of color or even a daughter of immigrants, it's, we have this guilt, right? Like, it's like, oh, my parents sacrificed so much so I could have a college education. Wow. My parents sacrificed so much so that there was food at the table, so that I can be that lawyer, I can be that doctor, right? I mean, it's very stereotypical, like, you need to be a lawyer, you need to be a doctor, whatever it is, whatever ethnicity or race. And so to repay back, so often, they do what they're told. But what I remind my clients, especially women of color, people who are first generation, well, actually, to honor their sacrifices, you have to go after your dreams. I don't care if you are, you know, an in and out burger person, because I love in and out or if you write your own book, if you have your own business, if you're a doctor, whatever makes you happy. I think we all forget that the generations before us have sacrificed so we could live a life of choice. Whatever that means, including a Target employee, I'm going to be a Target ambassador one day. I'm just calling that out, Target. Listen, but- Target, what up? <laughs> but it's just, it's that there's this guilt, like there's always this woman guilt, right? There's, there's this mom guilt, there's this girlfriend guilt, there's this wife guilt, but it's okay to do what you want to do. And in fact, when you go after it, you actually inspire the people you love to go after your dreams too. It's not being selfish. Absolutely. Cause I think when we really discover, like you were talking about our natural gifts and our true calling, that's when we really make the biggest impact in the world, right? And we can make the biggest difference because we inspire other people to do the same. When we play small, we're not, we're not show, like really creating the change and living the lives that we really, I, I believe are called here and put here for. Yeah, we all do. I, I really believe we all have a mission. Um, at the same time, I'm pretty sure for both of you, you get it. I know why not everybody does it. Mm -hmm. Not everybody goes after their dreams and mission because it is hard work. And I'm not talking about like just the investing in your business, how much money you're spending. But like I said earlier in the beginning of this call, it's the mindset. How are you going to deal with judgment? How are you going to deal with 
okay, what's next or the unknown? I think that's the biggest thing. People want to be bubble wrapped into their way of success. That's not going to happen. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's no certainty in anything. That's what's so crazy. Um, kind of shifting now, I kind of want to ask, how do you feel what you do is bringing value to women? Like, what do you think is maybe your number one or top five things that you do that brings value to other women? As simple as this sounds is it's just being me. That's the first thing I am unapologetically myself. <laughs> um, and it's showing up. It's interesting. All my clients, I'm sure Randy, Hippie, and even my community have told me, you just show up every day, even if that means you crying on Facebook lives. I do. I have cried on Facebook lives, but it's showing up because I also know that me showing up and understanding that, yeah, I'm a female, I'm a millennial, I'm a first gen, I'm a woman of color. It inspires other people that do look like me to know that it's possible for them. Um, sorry, go back to your question again. I want to make sure I'm answering it. <laughs> Like, how do you feel like you bring value to women? Yeah, so so just one, being me and being unapologetically myself. Two is also finding finding their brilliance. Hmm. Like with all of my clients, I don't have a cookie cutter approach. I'm not like, hey, Randy, you're so good at funnels. (laughs) I don't like funnels. That's what you got. (laughs) But you know, like, okay, you're really great at events. You should do events, right? Or you are really great at funnels. Why don't you do that? Um, Or actually, you don't even need to use social media. You just need to connect with people and you'll be able to do that. And realizing their brilliance, that's number two. Uh, I'm trying to think of what uh, three is actually how to communicate their message and their story to own it, even if it's a depressing story. And mind you, and I tell this to all my clients, you don't have to share everything. You could share it in a way where it's relatable and you can also keep it private and that when you're going through an experience, do you know that that's there for you to teach you something that could help your clients, right? So three, four, I mean, this is a hard part, but it's, it's actually different from my first point, but it's actually being vulnerable and sharing it. You have to, I think in this space of social media and you see this with any brand, whether they're Nike or a makeup artist, people want to know who you are. They don't want the polished version of like a Photoshop of your six, six pack abs. They just want to know who you are. And I don't know. What's a fifth one? I don't know what a fifth one would be. Cussing? I just cuss all the time. <laughs> I don't think you've cussed this whole time, Elaine, so. No, no, I did. I did cuss. Well, actually the fifth thing is like, I, I just tell people like, okay, what are you going to do? What are you going to do to get um, shit done? Yeah. Yes. I remind, I like when people. Accountable. Yeah, usually when people go on the phone with me, they get stuck in their mindset and then we work on the mindset stuff, right? I'm like, okay, what are you going to do? When are you doing it? Okay, you're going to do it Monday. That's so perfect because like you kind of touched on this when you're talking about the breakup too, which I thought was interesting. I was going to say something then, but whatever, here we are. It's like that idea of yes and. So yeah, that's great that you have this idea and what are you going to do about it? Yes, I love you and I need to leave you. So it's it's accepting <laughs> what is and also moving on to... A, a, just a better version of yourself for your energy for everything. So I think that's, fantastic. you have to like lean into your fear and you have to create the action because if you don't lean into it, you're just going to be stuck into your head. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I get why celebrities get crazy mm-hmm. because they're, they have all this pressure. So it makes it even more important to be, to be working on that and to just do it. And if you fail, great. What did you learn from it? 
Yeah. There's so many times I fail. I feel all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's about taking that messy action, like you were yeah. saying, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what, um, sorry, what was I, I forgot what I was going to ask. <laughs> um, oh, so what, what is your, your vision for, for your business? I know that you said that you want to, um, impact a million women of color, which is incredible by 2020. So how do you really see your business growing and reaching this many women by 2020? Okay, so it's exciting you say that because I was on the phone with, I work with my own coaches as well. So I'm going to read it to you. But so I have evolved like anything. I want to kind of just share this with anyone that wants to start their own business or change careers. Don't be scared if your business idea in the beginning is not perfect. Do know what evolves and changes. So with my grassroots organizing that I had prior, I am creating this Color Your Dreams movement. Like this to me this is more than just a business. This is now a movement where no woman of color is left behind. And so I've kind of made it political in a great way, not what's happening in our country right now. <laughs> but like in a propos- like my first proposition is mentor at least 250 people by the end of 2019. I've already mentored over 70. My second proposition is to help women get at least an average of 25K raises, which I get text messages from clients all over the world doing it. My third proposition is to mobilize at least 500 women coming to my monthly free events in LA. And I'm calling them the Call Your Dreams Rally. So it's very positive and uplifting. My last event, I had 246 people registered. And I already have about 40 people registered for my next event. It's insane. Um, And it's very grassroots. And that's how I know I'll hit to a million by 2020. So to me, this is more of a movement than a business it's really raising all my sisters up and it's not just women of color it's like white black target lovers non-target lovers like they're all invited i feel like we should have put that in your bio that you so for those of you who don't know uh elena's obsessed with target (laughs) i'm gonna be a target ambassador i've been saying that out into the universe so many times yeah i love it i love it wait before you get crazy on the target tangent Can you tell us more about your Color Your Dreams events and what that looks like? And yeah, kind of same thing, like what your vision is for these events. Yeah, so I I just realized, and my sisters of color know this, we have trust issues. Mm-hmm. No, I'm just being real. Like we just have trust issues. And so to see people online, like it doesn't really feel like community and connection. So what, and this is what I tell my clients and what I've heard in my own business is I want a place to connect, right? So I've been doing quarterly events, but people are like, I want a consistent place. So they're free monthly events once a month. It's a third Saturday. So if there's anyone that's in the LA, so, so Southern California area, let me know. Where are um, it? Sorry? Where is it? It's in Pasadena. I'm partnering up with Women's City Club. But my first event speaker, she is an Emmy award-winning storyteller. So I'm coming in and having one guest speaker in each event. And they're about only an hour long. And in addition to that, after my event, I'm meeting up with my clients like in person. So my intention is really to create connection community because there's so much online stuff, but really we need that connection community to support one another and to show it. Um, And even though, sure, I don't even consider my business online, but even though I am online, I want more community grassroots feel in the ground. And I do expect to expand this all around the country and the world. But right now I want to focus on where I'm from because 
this past month I've been in Sweden and Bali traveling around speaking. That's really great, but it all goes back to your community first. And I want to focus on my community first. Yeah. So I know you're huge on community and collaboration and focusing on that collaboration instead of competition with other women. So can you touch on that a little bit more and explain how, like why that's so important to you and also how it has really positively impacted your business? Yeah, it has absolutely impacted my business. Um, and before I share why it, that's important to me, I'm going to share this story because I'm pretty sure other women could relate to me. Um, I remember I was trying to intern for someone in elected office and I'm going to keep her name anonymous, <laughs> but she was also a woman of color. And this, I, it was not a paying gig. It was an internship. So it would be my hours. I'd be volunteering my hours. I applied for it and I didn't get the job. And one of the consultants just pulled me aside and she said, oh, the reason why you didn't get it is because you're so smart. I'm like, wait, what? So I don't understand why I didn't get the job. And then, you know, you don't realize that because you're young. I was 18. I realized, oh, it's because like I'm a threat, you know, or she just really doesn't want to support me. Like I could be a threat in competition, even though I'm 18 and in college, like I'm not going to be running for office. I have to like pass my class. Right. (laughs) So that was my first experience. And I just realized even my career working in the nonprofit sector and political sector, I just didn't have as much support from unfortunately a lot of women I mean there was some women that did but actually what's unfortunate was it was a lot of white women supporting me not women of color Mm. and so through that experience and I've also been bullied as well by bosses I was like there needs to be a way to collaborate so I have been a part of masterminds and and even coming from the grassroots experience and nonprofit experience I've learned to just connect with community leaders So I've taken that model into my own business and connecting with others. And even prior to this call with someone who I'm getting to speak at my, my event, it's coming from a place of how can I support you? Not from how much money can you bring in for me? Right. Or how much money can I give you? But coming from a place of that authenticity, people want to bring you on. And so I get on calls with women who I don't expect money from. I don't expect anything. I just want to connect with them because they just seem really cool. And I just want girlfriends So I think I'm just trying to pimp out with my girlfriends around the world and they just invite me in and to speak. And so to anyone that's having a business or career, that's what I would invite you to do is find other women who are someone you admire, want to connect with them and ask them, how can you provide value and support? So, I mean, that's how I got all my speaking engagements, then into webinars and actually ended up getting money out of it at the back end of it because you're expanding your community. That's a huge thing. And people want to see that. Because if it's all about you, why would anyone want to listen to you? (laughs) And that's why both of you are sharing this podcast. Because it's not just one person, right? It's both of you. And then you have guests coming in. I think you've touched on two really important things. I don't really have a question out of this, but I think it's important to kind of reframe this. You've touched on bringing your authentic self to the table because that's all you can ever bring. But also asking like, what can I do for someone else? I think those two things are so important and we're so in need of those in this day and age because we've seen like the fake things like the fake reality tv and now people just want that authenticity like that's why vlogs are so popular because people just want the real person and to come to a situation and ask how can i help you that's that's how change happens you know if you're only thinking about yourself nothing's going to get done you know so i just wanted to reiterate that i think those are very important topics you brought up so thank you yeah i mean like come from a place of service like the most powerful question i ask myself in collaboration how can i support you 
And I always kind of do a disclaimer. I'm like, I'm not saying business. Like, even if you want to do a 15 minute call, mm-hmm. right? So this person I was on the phone with who has been endorsed by like Oprah and has worked for the entertainment, all these celebrities, I, we were just talking and then we even thought of something bigger. It wasn't like come to my event and speak. I was like, you know what? We need to do an event together. Mm. And that just came from a place of service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are there any questions that you would like us to ask that we haven't asked you already or anything that you would like to share with our audience that we kind of haven't gone over yet? <laughs> Yeah, so I'm gonna. I'm, this is where my cussing is gonna gonna come out. By the way, like, I'm gonna do like a kind of church preach or whatever. So, like, who gives a fuck what other people think? Like, when you want to go after it, right? And it doesn't have to be start your own dream business. Maybe it's asking for that raise, or maybe it's standing up to your coworker who's bullying you. Like, who gives a fuck? Like you. You only have one life to live. And I think what we could learn from the generation before us, baby boomers who are in that same job, you know how people always tell us like, millennials are not loyal. I'm like, what are you talking about? We're loyal to ourselves, Yes, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. Yeah. We don't want to be like you where we have a nine to five job and the same job for 30 years and we're unhappy. Like that's actually being unloyal because then we're not producing and providing you value into the organization. So for anyone that's listening, I want you to ask yourself why you deserve it. Why are you doing it for me? It's for my family. Like I'm doing it because they sacrificed so much for me. And two, what is the worst thing that could happen? I'm just kind of giving your audience members questions to ask themselves when they want to take that leap. Like what is the worst thing that could happen? Right. And three, if you don't try, how will you ever know? And if it doesn't work out, then you know, you can cross it off your list and move on to the next thing, right? And I was actually, I actually have a gift for your audience. So I was thinking about what I could give them even during this conversation, but it seems like both of you love just the, like how to talk to your, how to break up with your ex, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> uh, but what often so many clients come to me and ask me like, how do you do word to word scripts? How do you talk to this person? And there's always difficult conversations um, in your nine to five job or your business. So I have a freebie I want to offer to your audience. So they could go to Elaine Lou. So it's E-L-A-I-N-E-L-O-U slash scripts. And I have five word to word scripts to have difficult conversations with your boss. Awesome. And we will include it all in the notes. So everyone knows where to go so they can get access to you and just connect with you and, you know, see all of the amazing things that you're doing. And that's the thing. What is the best way for our audience to know what's the best way for them to connect with you? You know what? If they actually just go to the freebie, you'll get an email from me and then you can reply. So through that email. And then if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's E-L-A-I-N-E-L-O-U underscore. So Elaine Lou. Perfect. Awesome. And then we have one final question that we ask all of our guests. And that is, what are the top three things that you can tell women to help them take action to uplift their, uplift their lives right now? Okay. So one is ask yourself why you're doing it. And then if it's a picture of your family, like a grandma or your kids, put that on your phone, like screenshot. So you just remember, cause there will be times where it's going to get hard to, is because this podcast is airing in January, I actually want you to get a 
post-it note and I have a post-it note myself. What is just one goal? What is your one goal for 2019? Write that in your post-it note. So maybe it could be something like I want to get a car or I want to start my business. So then every day you look at that question and you ask yourself, what's one thing I could do towards that goal, right? Mm -hmm. So that's really simple. And three, what can you do right now? Like what is one thing you do right now? And it doesn't have to be anything crazy towards that goal. So is it talking to your mom and telling her, hey, I want to change careers? Or is it, you know what? I'm going to start saving up because I want to do this program. Just remember, it's actionable steps that get you to the goal you want to do in life. Cool. Absolutely. I love it. Oh my gosh. Thank well, you, thank you so, so much, much, Elaine. It was such a pleasure oh. to have you on the podcast today. And I cannot wait for everyone to um, hear this episode and connect with you. And if you are listening to this episode, please let us know what you think. We would love to hear your feedback and make sure you go and connect with Elaine. So thank you again, Elaine. Thank you, Elaine. Thanks, ladies. Thank you so much for sharing a piece of your day with us. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on. To continue the conversation, follow Catherine and Randy on social media. Our links are listed in the show notes. We can't wait to share another powerful story with you next week. And until then, stay stay uplifted. uplifted.